Well, David, it all comes down to this Chargers Raiders week 18 winner takes all winner gets into the playoffs. It's going to be so exciting, but I'm definitely nervously excited for this one. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drugmeyer. And on today's show, we're going to be getting into a ton, including the Chargers one game winner take all Raiders game coming up this weekend in Las Vegas. But if you don't already, make sure to go subscribe to the show on our new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and to follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But before we get into today's show, I also want to tell you guys that Daniel Popper, the one and only from The Athletic, is coming on the show tomorrow. So we're excited to preview this game in the Chargers season, just talk about everything that's gone on lately with him. Obviously, he always shows up and is great for us. But on today's show, we have to just start with the magnitude of the game coming up for the Chargers against the Vegas Raiders, right? One game, winner takes all. It doesn't get much more exciting than that. Obviously, if you're a Chargers fan, you're very nervous as well. And the Chargers have had some of these positions before David and most of the time it's ended up pretty good for them so we'll talk about some of the historic situations that we remember very well of the Chargers needing a win in the final week of the season to get into the playoffs and how they fared and then we'll get into what we always do after good games at least what went right and what went wrong starting with what went wrong in second and third segments today but David we all know now that the Chargers game on Sunday night got flexed to Sunday night football so Not only is it a giant game, but the Chargers have a giant stage, including a quarterback who, in his young career, has played very, very well in the bright lights of primetime, and he'll get another one this Sunday. Won the last primetime game against the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Won the primetime game before that, and the I was in game against the Raiders, and now I have to do it one more time to not only make the playoffs, but also getting the double-added bonus, David, of kicking the Raiders out of the playoffs as well. Oh, man, that would be so sweet. And, uh, you know, I've been a Charger fan for a long, long, long time, and I still hate the Raiders. So uh, that would be the absolute sweetest feeling in the world if the Chargers were able to go in there into Las Vegas, beat up on the Raiders and kick them out of the playoffs and earn their ticket to the playoffs. And also, I think it's funny for Justin Herbert, a guy who shies away from the cameras at every opportunity. Uh And he goes out there on prime time and routinely provides A1 entertainment. And he just goes out there and balls out every single time. I just think that's a little oxymoronic for Justin Herbert. But this is such a big game. And, uh, you know, this is what you want. This is what you live for if you're a football fan. You're looking for Chargers, Raiders, AFC, two of the the old teams in the league going head-to-head for all the marbles for that ticket to the dance. It all comes down to Sunday night football, and man, I am excited. Yeah, Justin Herbert hates the camera so much, he was trying to run away from the camera in the stadium, <laughs> right? You just see his 80-foot face up there trying to walk away and juke out the cameraman on the, in that last so, game. Justin, there's cameras After everywhere. Put, You're not going to be keep, able to run. Yeah, he wanted to keep the focus on the defense. I mean, good man, but... I think the other thing about this, David, which is so underrated, is just the fact that you get a game to care about this late in the season because you look at these last couple of seasons. I mean, there was nothing about the last game last season that meant anything besides the fact that it was the Chiefs' backups that the Chargers were playing 
and I know a lot of Chargers fans. And you fans wanted were to hoping, finish the season strong, right? And I know there were Chargers fans that didn't want to finish the season strong. Yeah, they yeah. didn't want to give Anthony Lynn Draft a four game winning streak. You know, I'm just talking about the Anthony Lynn part of it. Oh, all. yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, they definitely hurt their draft pick. Didn't end up mattering with Rashawn Slater falling to them. Thank but you, I mean, Lord. I, I think the thing is, though, is like the last two seasons, the last week of the season, you've had nothing to play for. Right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it's just to have to be able to care about the game so you know far into the season and have a chance to potentially care about it even after that, right? To have meaningful games in December and January is what you need as a football fan, especially when you have quarterbacks so good and you have That's what it's all about, man. That the Chargers That's what it's have. all about. You finally have something to care about, something to be excited about. As a Chargers fan, we know it's been really tumultuous the last ten years. It's just been up and down, up and down, kind of like this season, but. The Chargers have that chance on Sunday night to be able to go to the playoffs, and then anything can happen. Yeah, and the Chargers have some history with this. So the last game the Chargers had to win to get into the playoffs or to at least have a chance was 2014. They were 9-6 and six headed into the last game of the season. The Chiefs had already clinched a playoff spot at that point. And what did the Chargers do? They lost to Chase Daniel in some sort of poetic justice. <sighs> Chase Daniel beat the Chargers 19-7. to Phillip Rivers had two interceptions. He was sacked seven times just to give everyone a flashback of what the offensive line used to be like i mean really was, bad yeah i mean sacked seven times two interceptions zero touchdowns terrible game i remember it. ugly it was yeah. awful but the year before that the Chargers had a similar situation where alex smith was not playing in the final game of the season and the chargers had a game against chase daniel and it still took a 10 point fourth quarter comeback to send it to overtime after ryan Suckup, one of my favorite kickers of all time missing a 41-yard field goal to really win the game for the Chiefs. So the Chargers got it done there. And then the other one that stands out the most to me is the 2008 season because that was a oh, game yeah. that was most similar to this one because the Chargers started off 4-8 and eight that season. They end up winning the last three games of a season to set up a one-game playoff basically against the Denver Broncos. And it was huge because the teams were going in opposite directions. The Chargers needed a ton of breaks leading up to that week just to even have a chance. But the Broncos lost the games they needed to, and the Chargers went in and smoked them, smoked them 52-21 to 21 in that game Ooh. and just absolutely blew out the Broncos. And, I mean, that was one of my favorite games. I mean, I remember that was appointment television at the time for Chargers fans, just being somewhere to watch that specific game. Oh, my God. I mean, that's when the Chargers – uh, and in that era, that's when that was one of the most exciting teams in the NFL every single year. You had Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates, LaDainian Tomlinson, all the stars on defense, you know, Sean Merriman. I mean, you, you name it, it, it didn't matter. The Chargers were absolutely stacked and they were loaded yeah. uh, that year. And that was just one of those games where you're like, yes, that's what it's supposed to look like. And that's how you want to really make your statement to get to the playoffs, such a fun game for them to just wreck another AFC West opponent. Well, in the last two times they needed a win to get into the postseason that they won, they ended up going in and winning the first playoff game as well, which is obviously yeah. pretty nice as well. 2013, Melvin Ingram comes back from a torn ACL that he had that season pretty much. Crazy. And they end up smoking the Bengals 27-10 to 10 and keeping you know the Bengals playoff winning streak dead at that point. And then the Chargers in 2008 – Ended up going to beat the Colts in the neck in the first round of the playoffs. And I remember that game as well against Peyton Manning. So that was obviously one to remember too. But the Chargers, I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than this. You have so much riding on this game. And right now, I think the best news for the Chargers is that there was no new names put on the COVID list. 
today, yes. David, because I think that's the only thing that can dramatically change how you feel about this game. But I think, I mean, is, is there a way to even be fully confident at this point in the week? Obviously, we'll see the injury report. We don't know about Corey Lindsay and stuff like that. But like, how are you feeling about this game right now? I'm feeling pretty good about this. Uh, I mean, coming off of this win where the Chargers knew that they had to win to kind of keep their season alive and keep their playoff hopes alive and the way that they did it and the fact that they got all of their main got their main guys back their you know all their good offensive weapons all of their offense offensive linemen their deep you know their big defenders they get Derwin James back healthy he's all over the football field you got Joey Bosa back there doing his thing um, you know, you got your corners, Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr. out there. I think because of that and the fact that there's really at this point, there's only one guy that that hasn't really been affected with, with what's been going on. And I'm not really going to say his name because I'm not going to jinx it. But as long as that doesn't happen and the Chargers are going into this game at full strength, I think the Chargers have already shown that they can beat this Raiders team. And this Raiders team has shown even later on in the season that they're susceptible and they got their asses beat by the Chiefs pretty much back to back, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, this team, although they are playing better football and they're playing inspired football for their interim head coach, this is a team that definitely can be beat and the Chargers have already shown that they can do it. Yeah, I mean, it, they've had such a weird season. Like, the first time these two teams played, I mean, John Gruden was the coach, right? I mean, they had <laughs> yeah. a lot of different things. That seems obviously. like forever ago. Yeah, Henry Ruggs was still on the team, you know what I mean? So, like, it, it, yeah. it is a different time of the season. I do think it'll be a different game that brings its own unique set of, you know, difficult things that the Chargers will have to deal with. But at the same time, I mean, there's no reason the Chargers shouldn't go out and win. And I think that just yeah, as we make it through the week, I mean, it'll always be more, more about the Chargers than the other team, you know. But the Chargers, with those pieces back, should be able to go out there, get a win, make it into playoffs and see what happens because that's really all you can ask for, especially with an incomplete team that's maybe a year ahead of schedule, in my opinion. Get there, see what happens, because I think they're also a team that a lot of teams don't want to play. That's exactly what I was about to say. I said, if there is one team that can make it into this playoff tournament in the AFC that absolutely no one wants to see, it's a Justin Herbert-led Chargers team. I guarantee you no one wants to see that guy in the playoffs. Well, especially because there's a scenario where it ends up being the Chiefs and like the Chiefs have already lost to the Chargers once and then won a game late in the game without Derwin James. So I don't think they want to see yeah. the Chargers and a healthy Derwin James in the first round of the playoffs to try to, you know, get back to the Super Bowl again for the third time in a row. I do not think they want to see that at all. Personally, I'd love to see it, you know, just because you're playing with house money at that point anyways. Have a chance to take the Chiefs out of the playoffs. Let's see what you it. can do when Derwin James shuts Travis Kelsey completely down. Yeah, then, exactly. then let's see what happens. And I mean, the Chargers had a great effort, great energy in their last performance. You like the energy that they're bringing into this one, but obviously the last time they had good energy against the Chiefs as well and then had a letdown the next week. So they have to keep that energy, and they do have some things that they need to clean up from that first yeah. matchup that we have to get into. It was not perfect, and there's some things they're going to have to get done this week that they didn't last week if they want to get a win and get the playoff hopes that they have right in their vision, right? Right where they can just go and grab it. But I do need to tell you guys about an app that you better make sure you have this point, because if not, it's pretty just, you know, it's kind of dumb if you don't have money and you don't want to save gas, but, you know, save money on your gas. Because I need to tell you guys about the GetUpside app, which is my new favorite app, because one of my least favorite things to do is to go pay for gas, especially with the gas prices in California. And GetUpside is an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about it, because my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time 
they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a 25-cent bonus per gallon on your first fill-up. That means you're saving up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. You can take 50 cents off the outrageous number you see up there on the gas board. I mean, there's no downside to get upside. You're going to get gas anyways. Get the Get Upside app and start saving right now. And there's no catch to it either. You can get the money straight to your PayPal. You can get it right to your bank account. You can get it gift cards for Amazon and other big brands as well. And you can save, most importantly, up to 50 cents back on every gallon on your first fill-up. And you use that promo code TOUCHDOWN. It's promo code TOUCHDOWN, all caps, one word, to start saving money when you get gas with the Get Upside app. All right, David, well, now it's time to get into what went wrong this week because obviously it was not a perfect game, and it was very frustrating for a lot of it until the Chargers kind of finally pulled away. So when you're thinking about the bad from this one, things that have to get cleaned up going into Week 18, where would you start? Yeah, I think the where, where my starting point here is with Joey Bosa back, I expected the Chargers to have a better pass rush, especially going up against the Denver Broncos offensive line that was much maligned, you know, that were missing several pieces yeah. uh, and missing, missing several, you know, their wide receivers as well. It was a very incomplete unit and the chargers were able to only muster six pressures on the game. That's just not enough. You get two from Joey, one from Derwin, one from Chenna, obviously the sack from Tillery and, and then one from Jones. And that, that's just not enough. That's not going to cut it. I mean, I just expected them to be able to get pressure on a guy like Drew Locke, um, but that just didn't happen in this game. And going into the playoffs and going up, going into this game against the Raiders, we I think we saw in the first game how important it is to get pressure on the quarterback. And the Chargers just are not doing that at a good enough rate right now. That's something that has to get cleaned up going into this game. Especially because they did force a fair amount of you know third and longs and things like that. And I think in those gotta have it situations, they did get some pressure, but it has to be more consistent than that. I think it ended up being seven. Because I think Nazir Adderley gets a pressure on Kendall Hinton because he's technically a quarterback <laughs> yeah. on that fourth down play. And we'll get to Nazir Adderley in the next segment. But Missile. It, yeah, it wasn't enough. I mean, I did think they did a lot, you know, as far as in the running game. That was a lot to like, you know, tackles for us and things like that. But just yeah. overall pressure, I think you want it to be a little bit better. Especially, you know, at times you have packages out there. Every Chen Nwosu, Joey Bosa, Chris Rumpf, Jerry Tillery, right? NASCAR package, if you will. Yeah. with those dudes out there. So I think you'd like to see more pressure, but I think that, I mean, for this game specifically, why you're so right about it is just because there's bad blood between these teams because of that first matchup with, you know, what Joey Bosa said, Hey, we hit him a couple times. He yeah. gets a little shook, you know, Derek Carr responds. And now you have another game where it's going to be important to shake him up because he yeah. will make some mistakes. So I do think that is something that has to get fixed this week. And it's something that, you know, we saw them get, 20 plus pressures without Joey Bose on the field, right? So, yeah, it, it, there's no, so we know it can, there. we know it's possible. Yeah, for sure. And they got good pressure in the first matchup as well. But I mean, I have to go with Michael Davis for this one because I thought he was kind of one sore spot for the defense on Sunday and a troubling trend that we touched on a little bit yesterday. But overall, four receptions allowed on five targets for 85 yards, a 21.3 average yards per reception, right? That's obviously not good. And passer rating allowed of 118.8. Not getting his head around again, and receptions given up a 44 and 34. And I think the most frustrating thing is like on both plays, he had a chance to make a play. Yeah, he's in the area. The he's in position to make a play, and he he's not turning his head around to look for the football. And that's what's so frustrating with Michael Davis, Dan, because he has all the gifts and all the physical tools that you look for in the starting caliber corner in this league. He's yeah. got size, he's got length, he's got world class four three speed. 
Like he has all of those tools. He has the intelligence now and he has a track record where he's shown to be a very good corner when he is doing the things he needs to do and really being good with his technique. One of those yeah. techniques is obviously turning your head around and looking for the football and he's in position. Like he's around the football. He's just not doing that one crucial task. You can't look for the football. You can't make a play on the ball and you're going to get called for penalties a lot right. more often than thing. not. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's just the penalties that you could get. And we've seen it with him happen already this year, but I mean, that's just, the funny thing is it's a lot harder to like be so in phase with the receiver that you're, you know, step for step with them the entire way than it is to, you know, get your head around and knock a ball away at the very least. Right. But it is two very, very separate skills. Right. And there's yeah. different parts of ball skills as well, as well, because it's one thing to make a point on something happening in front of you, which he's pretty good at. You know, if you're yeah. seeing it in front of him, has his eyes on the quarterback, he can make a break on the ball and break it up. And we've seen him do that. The Giants game was one of his best games. That was only a few weeks ago, right, before he went on the COVID list. Yeah. Maybe COVID is an issue. But the bigger thing is, is we've seen him have this in the past. And with Michael Davis, he's never been a top flight corner. Last year, no. he was had his best season, right? Which yeah. gave you the incentive, hey, bring this dude back because he could be on the precipice of being really, really good. Mm -hmm. But if you start seeing regression, like we've seen with Michael Davis, because this was, I mean, we wanted Michael Davis borderline cut at a certain point, just because there were so many opportunities with the ball in the air where he was just not coming through over and over again, and it was leading to big plays. Yeah. So to see that team and Drew Locke, especially late in the game when you know the deep ball is coming, to have them complete pass of 44 and 34 just on Michael Davis alone, uh, and especially because there's a missed tackle in there as well, and now never has been his strong suit. Not to mention his ankles, and, and I, ho I hope that they're in good shape after they were absolutely broken in the Broncos game. It, it was it was ugly. He got turned around like a dreidel, like a top. It, it yeah. was ugly. Yeah, he did have a nice hit on Drew Locke on, uh, when he scrambled to bring up a fourth down, I believe, early in the game. That was nice to see Joey Bosa, Bosa I think, finish that one. But it, and it's gotten better. His tackling has gotten better, but those angles and his ankles might have been broken in that game and it has to be better from him because obviously if you're giving up big bombs and you're missing tackles that's not a recipe for success but i think you know the other thing too for this game was the running game wasn't where i would like it to be of course i mean if you take away the herbert kneel downs it's still not as bad but it's still not good i mean 33 carries right. 106 yards 3.2 average the biggest thing for me was is taking negative plays and i think that's mm -hmm. so much worse right it's one thing to get two yards a clip every time in a pile of dust it's another thing to take negative plays and get your offense off schedule. And in this one, the charge had six rushes that went for either zero or negative yards. And most of them were negative yards, minus four, minus three, minus two. So I yeah. think that was one thing for me. And the biggest thing is Corey Lindsley not being there. And we talked about it yesterday. Like it seemed like kind of went away once Corey Lindsley left, got there, you know, in that last drive, it wasn't terrible, but that was just something that concerned me from this game and something that can be better. I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Corey Lindsley is just, is so impactful, and we we when know that's those three dudes. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. Lindsley, Filer, Slater effect. Like when those three guys are out there, it's dominant. Yeah, yeah. When the left side law order is out there, that they definitely are smashing dudes left and right. They're phenomenal. And when one of those guys goes out, it's a noticeable difference. And we except for. Except for Trey Pipkins filling in at left tackle for Rashawn Slater. Got to give that dude his his credit. And I'm sure we'll get into him in the next segment again. Um, I mean, wow, what a turnaround for him. And, yeah. and to the to the coaching staff, too. You got to you have to give them credit for what they've done with him. But, 
yes, it, it's it's crucially important for you know those guys to be out there for the Chargers to run the football uh, the way they are capable of doing. And I think we've seen some good run concepts, and we've seen some great running running game this year with some of the things that they've done. Um, as opposed to years past. I think the last thing for me is just something we touched on a little bit uh, in the last show was that end of half operation. I just, you know, we've seen too many times this, this season where the chargers would either, you know, mess up an opportunity to score at the end of half or give their opponent an, uh, an opportunity to score or double dip. And that was this situation here. You know, the Broncos were getting the ball back after halftime. They go down the field in no time, like absolutely no time flat. You don't kick it, you know, short to make them burn clock. So all they have to do is dink and dunk their way to get in position to give their chance to a kicker who has one of the strongest legs in the league. And, you know, he makes the field goal. It's just obviously we're nitpicking here, but that's just something that you can't have. You just can't have those lapses at the end of halftime, Daniel. You have to be sharp and finish that strong. Especially when you had such a nice touchdown drive to leave 14 seconds left yeah. on the clock. And I, I mean, I said yesterday, I think Brand Staley could have managed that a little bit better. I do think you kick off. Yeah, you're giving up a chance for a kickoff return for a touchdown, but you're actually kickoff unit has been a strong point it's been for good. you, yeah. especially lately. So the last thing I'll touch on too is just something that always frustrates me. And that is you had two different drives where you made it inside the one yard line. Oh, and yeah. both of those drives separately ended in zero points. That That's could terrible. be the difference in one of these games. I think if it is one of these games, Brandon Staley is probably going for it, um, especially with the stakes being as high as they are. I don't think he's going to leave that to chance. And I think he has more respect for the Raiders offense than he does for the Broncos offense. But that's that just should. even if you win, even if you blow them out like the Chargers do, I mean, that's stuff that has to be cut out. And you have a couple of, you know, early day, you know, series where you go two back to back three and outs after opening touchdown drive, just stuff like that. The play calling, you know, running the yeah. ball in third and two in the shadow of your own end zone. Didn't like that at all. Me neither. I mean, there's yeah. nitpicky stuff, but there's also a lot of really good stuff as well, you know, especially yeah. with the Chargers scoring that late touchdown in the half. That was great. That totally changed the game. Yeah, and baby. also, the Chargers scored on, you know, their last five possessions, or at least their last four, That'll up work. until they ended with a kneel down, which obviously that's just as good as a scoring drive. So we're going to get into what the rest of, you know, the rest of what went right for the Chargers because there was also a lot of things to highlight so as much as this segment is next you know meant to be negative in a certain way and the charges do need to be held to a high standard and clean these things up there was much much more positive things to talk about than there were negative things so we're going to get into that but i do need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the lockdown charge podcast and that's betonline.ag betonline has you guys covered this holiday season with more props odds props and lines than ever before as football continues this march towards the playoffs and i mean you have the national championship game in college football coming up as well. So BetOnline is your number one place for all college and professional football action. And right now, just a great time to bet on sports anyways, because you also have the NHL going on. You have the NBA going on. You can bet on UFC with some big cards coming up. And you can even save some money and have some free money to play with. Because if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. It's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, and you'll get 50% welcome bonus. That's free money to play with. That's the best kind of money to play with is when it's free. And with Bet Online, you can go in, you can make your own props for players and things like that, which is something you're not going to find anywhere else. And there's so many good things coming up for the playoffs in the NFL specifically that I know I'm going to be betting on, especially with the Chargers as well. But from basketball, football, NHL, boxing to UFC, even to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is the one place that you want to go because Bet Online is where the game starts. 
All right, David, well, it's now time to talk about a more positive point here. And I think, I mean, I feel like it, it it's right to start this by talking about the special teams in this game, just because the first there thing was you a saw. Point, yeah, exactly. There was a point this season, you know, where we were saying things like, I'll take average. I'll take 20th in the NFL. I'll yeah. take 22nd in the NFL because <laughs> it's better than historically bad 32nd in the NFL where you're getting compared to teams from 20 years ago because your special teams unit is so bad. And it was so all-encompassing, too, was the kicking game was bad, the return yeah. units were bad, the coverage units were bad. Everything was bad. And then you see this game, which is just a chef's kiss of a game from a special teams standpoint. And obviously, Andre Roberts, we talked about yesterday, right? How good of a game he had, and he deserved it. I mean, returns of 47 yards and a 101-yard touchdown return. But that wasn't everything, David. You get a turnover with a very heads-up play by Keeman Hall on a muff punt, and how many times have we seen those muff punts and things like that end up in the other team's hands? That's something that you have to be able to do is that awareness. They had it on that one. Dustin Hopkins goes two of two on field goals and four of four on extra points. We were holding our breath with Tristan Vizcaino extra points, right? And now I think we take for granted how good Dustin Hopkins is there. And then two punts that were returned, you hold Deontay Spencer to four yards, an average of two yards per punt return. So to see such a complete special teams performance like this from the places they've been to the place they are now, Darius Winton deserves a ton of credit. Dustin Hopkins, Andre Roberts, a ton of credit. But that was just so great to see. Yeah, and I think it's just one of those things where if one part of the unit is shining and playing well, I think that rubs off of uh, onto the other units, onto the kick return. The kick return is doing well. I think that goes into the coverage, which goes which goes into the punt and the punt coverage. I think that yeah. all just carries over and spills over. And, you know, we really saw that in this game. Every facet was looking great. And I think for Justin Hopkins – uh, I think, you know, when he kicks the ball, it's just that's what it's supposed to look like. And when you when you see it come off his foot and, you know, just the angle and, and not a lot how, of close calls, how it yeah. strikes. Yeah, it just, you know, like that's, you know, you can tell this guy is a professional kicker. That's just what you that's what you're used to seeing. And, and that's how it's supposed to look uh, for me. I think the I go to the offensive line. I think the offensive line offensive line played extremely well in this game. And, and they only gave up two pressures. I was going to say, especially pass blocking. I mean, the run blocking, there's some criticism there, but pass blocking, yeah. Because how many uh, pressures did Trey Pipkins give up? Zero. I'm going to say that again. Zero pressures given up for Trey Pipkins, who found out probably a day or so before this game that he was going to start at right tackle in place of Storm Norton, who did get activated off the COVID list, but he just wasn't feeling 100% ready to go yet. So Trey Pipkins steps in plays extremely well, does some great things as a run blocker. I think this is this right here, Trey Pipkins is the greatest example of development that the Chargers coaching staff can put and show on tape and say, hey, before we got here, this guy was on the brink of getting cut from the team because he really was a a worthless player. I think we we can say that quite quite comfortably but now you stick him in and you actually have confidence that he's going to be able to go out there and do his job at almost a high level so the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit Trey Pipkins deserves a lot of credit that unit I mean you just got to be really excited for what you've seen from those guys and just from several other parts of the team as well they're actually getting these guys better than where they were before yeah I mean 
Trey Pipkins now has people talking about, hey, right tackle is not a need next year. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to go that far. No, yeah, definitely not going that far. Either yet. way, I mean, he's a usable piece. Like, yeah. he's, you know, average player. Like, these are things I didn't know if we'd ever say about Trey Pipkins because before it was all tools and zero production yeah. from it, you know, just to be honest. But I think one of the things that scared us the most, and I talked about this in the LA Football Network earlier, is just that the preseason was the worst that he's looked against second it's and terrible. third string guys. Yeah. He was looking as bad as well, fourth and fifth string guys. Yeah, he, exactly. So like that was scary. But the one thing I thought about is like, there's a good chance that this coaching staff just came in and said, forget everything you've learned. You know what yeah. I mean? Like let's break this down to the core and yeah. build it back up again, which would make sense if you're, they're trying to teach their fundamentals and their techniques, right? for how they want their offensive line to play. Well, and, and mean, now they have some dudes that you can be like, hey, you see how that guy's doing it? That's what it's supposed to sure. look like. It helps so much to be surrounded by better players, and I think that's hurt so many Chargers players in the past. Is like you're surround- You're not only have you not played well, but you're surrounded by guys who haven't played well too, and that is such a you know give-and-take relationship with the offensive line. But their pass protection was great in this game. I mean, Justin Herbert had a ton of time to throw, helped set up the long bomb at the end. Help set up the Keenan Allen touchdown pass. I mean, they were just really good. I mean, I think Justin Herbert maybe got hit one time in that game that I can remember. Yeah, so I believe like, one hit, <laughs> and I think that was from Steven Anderson, actually. So Yeah, so, I mean, great by the, you know, the Chargers offensive line. Justin Herbert, obviously, it's great that he passed the record. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. The offense, I thought, just had a fine day, but I do think there's definitely yeah. some names we have to shadow on the defensive side, including – Nazir Adderley. And I mean, that's also another reason why I don't fully trust PFF because I mean, they had him as one of his worst games of the season in this one grade wise. But I thought Nazir Adderley was very refreshing to watch in this game, especially blowing up that fourth down play, David, and just being super, super physical in that game the whole time he was making big tackles, eight total tackles, five solo, three assists. So Nazir Adderley 100% deserves a shout out in this game because he was Everything you wanted him to be, really, except for, you know, taking the football away. Well, it's just another guy that you're just like, dude, this guy has a lot of talent, has a lot of skills. uh, And the Chargers, really, they drafted him high. They drafted him in the second round to be that guy. And I think we're just now seeing the Nazir Adderley that we all thought that we could possibly see in a Chargers uniform this year. Brandon Staley, that defensive coaching staff really getting the best. And I think they've really unlocked that aggression that, mm-hmm. that uh, Nazir Adderley possesses. We always knew about the physical gifts. I mean, the, the guy has great vision. He has good speed. He's really putting that together right now. So, yes, this is one situation where PFF grades are completely arbitrary and you can throw that out the window. Trust your eyes. Trust what you've seen from Nazir Adderley this year. And what you've seen is explosive play from the defensive side at the safety position. So, Got to give a lot of credit to Nas as well. He looked really good in this game. Also, hey, we got to talk about the, them stopping the run. They stopped two of the best running backs in the NFL, especially two running backs that ran rampant, ran wild on you in the first game. They did a great job of bottling those guys up. Melvin Gordon, 10 for 43, 4.3 yards per carry. Javante Williams, 14 for 30, only a 2.14 yard per carry average. And altogether, 27 carries, 83 yards. That's only a little over three yards a carry. Whenever you're bottling up that running game to that extent, that is nothing more than a win. I especially loved the way that they played down near the goal line, too. And that's something oh, yes. they talked about. But, like, 
them even getting that to a fourth down, right, where they end up getting that play from Nazir Adderall and Joey Bosa, who are, you know needs a big shout on that play as well, not yeah. quitting on the play, destroying Drew Locke on the one-yard line to save a touchdown. But that's the other reason you can't, you know, look at PFF always too because, I mean, they had Justin Jones having one of the worst games on the team as well. And, I mean, that dude made such a big difference in the running defense, you know, the run defense this week. I mean, especially his play on the goal and getting in the backfield, you know, meeting the quarter, you know, the running back behind the line of scrimmage, especially down there, is huge. And charged overall five tackles for loss in this game. And they did a great job, and he makes a big difference. And the Chargers are such a better defense when they're stopping the run like this. And they're going up against a team that, you know, I think had 12 carries for 48 yards or 47 yards the first time these two teams matched up. It was not a good game. But Derwin James, as always, deserves a shout-out just because he's a great player. Allowed two receptions on three targets for one yard. So that means he (laughs) dropped two interceptions too. He did drop two interceptions that he should have been on the what went wrong column for, but he (laughs) he just makes such a difference. And this defense just looks totally different with him out there. You know, well, it's that energy. It's that passion. I mean, he, he brings that, you know, that alpha dog mentality and he rubs off on everyone else around him. He's just that guy that makes everyone around him better. That's who he is. That's who Joey Bosa is. I think that's who Justin Jones is on the interior of the defensive line, too. I just think those guys, they play the game the right way, and that rubs off on everyone around them, which has a great effect on this Chargers defense. Yeah, it's just funny that, like, yeah, you know, Jordan James allowed .33 yards per target, .5 yards. It's very fitting that it's .33. Yeah, .33 yards per target, .5 yards per reception. I mean, dude is just a freak. but He's unreal. I, I just I think the the one kind of main big thing that went right for the Chargers is just the fact that you went in and you took care of business in a game that you had to have. Yeah. You had a total bummer letdown game against the Houston Texans. And you, you made me back. sit through that in the stadium. I know. I wasn't going to bring that up. It's so terrible that that's the one game you got to go to. <sighs> But I mean that that's just that's rough. But th- I I just love the way that the Chargers finish this game too. I mean you yes. score on your four 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 you score <laughs> score on your final four drives leading up to the last drive where your offense was still on the field. Didn't agree with that. But you end the ball, you know, the game with the ball in your hands too. I mean you go get a couple first downs, you throw it a couple of times just to make sure nothing crazy is going to happen. You don't want to see you go through onside kicks and all these things. You go out there and you end up just kind of shoving it down their throat for the win. But they scored every drive in the second half leading up to that, right? You ended the first half with a touchdown drive like they did. That's just really all you can ask for. But taking care of business in a big game like this that you just had to have, no matter who was lining up on the other side. I mean, we found out last week it does not matter who you beat. But when you have a must-win game, you bring that kind of energy. You have a well-thought-out game plan on both sides of the football you have a great game plan drawn up for the special teams. I mean, you deserve a hat tip for that because the Chargers went out and did exactly what they had to do against a bad team that they absolutely should have beat, not just this last time, but the first time these two teams played against each other as well. But I'm excited to get with Daniel Popper and talk to him about some of that stuff, especially Justin Jones, because that's a dude. He called it before the season and has been kind of expecting big things from this dude. Like, where is he now on the Chargers list of people to resign? I'd love to know what Daniel Popper has to think about that. So make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for that show when we get Daniel Popper for the first time on YouTube. Going to go on video with us and make our faces look worse by comparison. But <laughs> if you guys don't want to miss that, make sure to subscribe to the new Locked On Charges YouTube channel. You can listen to it as well 
on any platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can find the show wherever you get your podcasts from and make sure to rate and review there as well. We're super excited to have Popper on, but to make sure you guys don't miss it as well, you can find it on all of our social media. You can find it on our Twitter at LockedOnLAC, our Instagram at LockedOnChargers, and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at SD. But if you guys want to get your reactions into your previews then for this game, the number for the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line is 323-524-7924. I don't know if we'll get to voicemails this week, but I'm sure you guys are going to have some reactions after this game coming up, so make sure you guys hit that up if you want to. But so much excitement this week. Can't wait to talk with Daniel Popper tomorrow from The Athletic about this playoff matchup basically coming up against the Raiders. Winner take all. And we'll be here with you guys all week. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.